The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As the disciples were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised. And they were greatly distressed. When they reached Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? Peter said, Yes, he does. And when he came home, Jesus spoke of it first, asking, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tribute? From their children or from others? When Peter said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the children are free. However, so that we do not give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook. Take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a coin. Take that and give it to them for you and me. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's Gospel for Matthew chapter 17, we have the second passion prediction. The first one came just after Peter, in chapter 16, gave that great answer to the question that Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that came from the Father. And so Jesus gave to Peter the keys of the kingdom. Just after that, Jesus for the first time predicts his suffering, death, and resurrection. And that evokes a response from Peter that is directly contrary to the will of God, that is, Jesus, you're not to suffer. And it prompts a response from Jesus, get behind me, Satan. So now we have the second passion prediction in the very next chapter. Now, in the first instance, this is a New Testament prophecy that's fulfilled. Jesus, before he dies, predicts his passion, death, and resurrection, a claim to divinity that is established. Moreover, Jesus says, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised. Now he's referring to himself as the Son of Man, a reference to the title in Daniel, chapter 7, where the Ancient of Days, surrounded by thousands and all kinds of glory, gives the kingdom to the Son of Man, who comes on the clouds to receive this great gift from the Ancient of Days, which represents the Father. So Jesus, even though he's divine, he is lowering himself to undergo death and suffering so he can rise again. He's really trying to deepen the faith of his apostles, which is why this is the second time he's making this prediction, because he wants them to understand his mission and that they would take up their cross because they're about to undertake their own passion and death in the Roman Empire. Jesus wants them to develop that deep faith that can move mountains. And as Jesus said, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will do that. And in fact, they do, because they convert the entire Roman Empire in a short time. Well, then we get to the event where they reach Capernaum and the collectors of the temple tax come to Peter. Notice they're coming to Peter, who is sort of the spokesman representative, so that goes to his primacy and asks, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? This is perhaps to evoke some kind of accusation they can make. But Peter says, yes, he does. 
Now, when Peter is alone with Jesus, Jesus then challenges Peter and says, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tribute, from their children or from others? The implication being, in the secular affairs, kings do not tax their own family. They tax the greater population. And even before that, they tax foreign nations that they've conquered. They don't tax their own children because they're part of the royal family. And Jesus is saying he is the supreme royalty. His father, God, is king of kings, and Jesus is the son. And his closest associates and friends are the disciples, so they're exempt. On that spiritual level, Jesus, again, is trying to deepen not just faith, but love. Because Peter says, from others, the taxes are collected, and Jesus says, then the children are free. However, so that you do not give offense, go to the sea and get the coin from the fish and pay the tax. Now, what's going on here? Jesus is trying to establish with these apostles and us that when we become part of God's family, when we're baptized, how are we to use our freedom? Because we are free. We have that great inheritance. And let me quote what St. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the very Spirit bearing witness to our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also glory with him. Goes on to say that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So we do have freedom in our relationship with God as children. How are we to use that freedom, however? That's the big question that Jesus is trying to teach his apostles. We are to use that freedom to serve others in love, just as Jesus did, truly the freest of all. We are to be spontaneous in our choice of serving others from an inner impulse. This is, in fact, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, although I am free, I have made myself a slave to all so that I might save some. To the Jews, I become a Jew. To the Greeks, I become a Greek. I become a slave of all so that I might lead others to the kingdom. And that's what we are to be as well. Well, that brings us to the memorial of our Saint Teresa Benedict of the Cross. She's an example of how she used her freedom in a way to serve others. She was born as Edith Stein, at that time Germany, present-day Poland, into a Jewish family. She studied under the great Edmund Husserl, philosopher, received her doctorate at a very young age. She converted to Catholicism, was baptized, and then for the next 12 years taught. So she used her gifts, she put them at the service of others by teaching at Catholic institutions for 12 years and then joined the Carmelites, took all of those vows of obedience, celibacy, and poverty to serve. And unfortunately, when the Nazis took over Germany, she then fled to the Netherlands, but then they invaded the Netherlands, and she and her sister were arrested by the Gestapo, deported to Auschwitz, and died in the gas chambers. 
always a servant, though. She talked to the very end. And we're the beneficiaries of her writings, which are really tremendous, all about the dignity of the human person. She was canonized October 11th, 1998. She's the co-patron of Europe with several other saints and a model for us. And just an example of what Jesus was trying to get at, teaching Peter, as head of the apostles and us, how to use our freedom. Freedom in Christ, freedom in the Spirit, but always in service of others. Now that has practical implications, so we should be the first to forgive freely when someone hurts us, and to say kind words about others, not to gossip, to be kind in our use of our material resources, all because people are watching us to see how free are we. And that can be very attractive when we use our gifts, our freedom, to be of service to those who are especially in need. And how much more need do we have than today? So let us be thankful for our readings today and ask for our saint to pray for us, that we would in fact enter into this great freedom that Christ has won for us by his death on the cross.